The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey. Wow. This is Brian Casey with my <laughs> friend, Sandra Bernstein. Sorry, I realized that was really loud. And, um, you know, we, our guest today, so if you've ever, let's say you've seen a Burger King commercial on you and you see that hamburger and it's like, oh, the lettuce is like dripping and the tomato looks perfect. And then, and then when you go there, it looks like someone stepped on your freaking burger. Well, I know whose fault that is. And she's here today. Yeah. Uh, bringing us on the podcast. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Alicia Deal. And you. is that Deal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is so fun. Um, I will confess that um, Google works. Mm-hmm. You know, we Googled for a food stylist so we could learn some more about that trade and think it's so fascinating and interesting. And I think Alicia's doing a good job because she comes right up there for Sonoma Wine Country Food well, Her website is amazing. The, amazing. The amazing. photography is incredible. Yeah. And the, yeah. I guess you, you have to have good photography because if you don't, then people are like, oh, I'm not hiring you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my work is only, it's a collaboration with a photographer. And I have done jobs where I, you know, I do a lot of prep and I'm ready and I'm excited and it's a great concept. And if... I get there and, you know, the art director is shooting it and they have never actually done a photo shoot before. Uh, all my work is basically wasted. Um, that's It's all about having a good Do you shoot your stuff too, though, like when you're doing it? No. You, not even on your phone? Yeah, so the photography oh. is a compliment to all of the amazing photographers wow. I work with. Okay, because, yeah, some and food stylists like our A to Z, some of them actually do recipe tests or even bake make the food and mm-hmm. then style it then shoot it but you are just specifically styling the food well let me tell you about it because it yeah, is start, a, this yeah, is like the number one thing and i yeah. think yeah sharing what what this job is yeah. is so important especially here <laughs> and in what it's country. not <laughs> and what it's not yeah because um the, it's the most common misconception i mean the f- two questions i get is like you know they want to know all the fake food and then right. and then also assume <laughs> uh-huh. that I'm a photographer which I totally you know understand but it's something that food styling is a little bit of a secret job mm-hmm. so you know that's that's why no one knows right. um but food stylists typically there are bloggers and there are people who do everything but the food stylist job is to make the food and, and present the food for the camera whether that's for a commercial, whether that's for a cookbook, magazine, um, an ad, a bus wrap, whatever. It's like make, the makeup department. Exactly. It's so makeup. Exactly. Yeah. So I am not the person with $30,000 of camera equipment who's also, you know, I'm not chefing it up and then turning around to my, with my messy hands uh-huh. to my, to my uh, Nikon and snapping it. No, it's definitely a collaboration. And usually the crew is anywhere from, you know, four to... 30 people on a commercial or more um but on a still shoot there will be a photographer photographer's assistant sometimes a digital tech that person is just working with the the computer yeah Yeah. exactly and naming files and organizing doing some light post-production uh photoshop is is our friend Uh in uh, in 2019 and for some years prior um (laughs) and then yeah i work either on my own or typically and ideally I have an assistant at least one on commercials I can have up to three assistants wow on certain jobs there might be two food stylists um I just worked on a project 
with Harry and David up in Oregon, and oh. they have a great in-house team that does basically the production, and then they bring in stylists from from Seattle, from San Francisco, wow. and there were two food stylists and I think six or seven product stylists. So the product stylists are putting together the baskets. I'm doing the stuff that's more the actual prepped food. So it's so much more... Um, specialized than people realize Mm -hmm. but at the same time i do cook the food and i do okay we are making real food 95 percent of the time wow and i am doing all the grocery shopping i'm doing all the prep work i'm i'm managing my team my assistants my crew within that larger crew wow that's amazing and are, are you doing the shopping because you have a specific thing in mind a certain look that you're looking for when you go get the food absolutely so some jobs they will say you know we will provide all the food um i have one of those coming up next week and i'm always like are you sure like (laughs) can i bring like can i see what we're gonna shoot so i can bring like my own cilantro like like, you know if i'm working you want beautiful product i want beautiful product that's you know that's my that's where I put my spin on things is the things that I bring to set. So it is a huge part of it's like, a, you know, as an artist, the food is is really the the materials that I'm working with. And um, and that the wider that palette and whatever I can find. So I that's sort of my specialty, mm-hmm. I would say. And that's what I've been told. You know, I um, I go to pretty far reaches to get things for my shoots whether that's like calling my friends who I know have amazing gardens and being like can I please come in the dark of the night and like pick your purse lane like can Uh I weed your garden so that I can have these things for my Mm -hmm. shoot um and I have some connections with farmers um you know certain markets that people that know me the the butchers at Sonoma Market kind of know me because I come in asking for the weird things or the turkeys in the summer oh, you know I'm like yeah. I'm that person for sure very fun and so do you have like a toolbox or two toolboxes or three toolboxes <laughs> with like paint brushes and tweezers absolutely and, yeah. yeah I almost I was like should I bring it and like <laughs> I show was kind of curious I was kind of hoping you would because I wanted I know, to see all I this I just flew around the corner um I have a the, I have a, a stylist I used to work with had the best kit and I've I've really two stylists that I used to work with because I was an assistant for five years as well. It's important so to know. So you had to like do your dues. Absolutely. And I'm, I came from a restaurant background, 100%. I've, all I've ever done is work in food. I went to culinary school in Seattle, oh. Seattle Culinary Academy, amazing program at Seattle Central Community College. Um, they were, they had a sustainability program before anyone really was talking about that. I, I went there, um, I graduated in 2000. Seven or eight? I'm gonna have to. You're a child. Yeah, <laughs> but still, you know, I graduated culinary school yeah. eleven years ago. Yeah. So I and I was working in restaurants before and during all that. In the kitchen, the front of the house. Yeah, I wanted to work in kitchens. I wanted to go to culinary school from when I was twelve. I wanted wow. to work in kitchens when I was fourteen. Um, and being a young girl, they would not let me work in the kitchen at the retirement home with all the ex-cons that worked in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) They just said, no, you can't. And I'm like, I just really want to chop vegetables. And they just wouldn't let me do it. So I was like, you know, I started in front of the house. Uh I was a busser at a retirement home at, you know, 14 going on 15 like mm-hmm. just trying to I always wanted to be independent I always wanted and to have my own And this is when you came back home from India? Yes. Yeah. Oh. I needed, yeah. <laughs> Did you <laughs> drop it in there? We were yeah. talking a little bit yes, about my no, past. Yes, there's a lot of travel. 
a lot We're of travel. We're going to get to talk about travel. I love talking about travel. I do too. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. Um, that's my passion. But, but so, yeah, so that's early to yeah. start. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I just wanted independence. I wanted my own money. I wanted a, my own. I didn't think I would be a chef. I never thought I would be a chef. I just wanted culinary skills and it seemed mm-hmm. like a way. So India is an interesting... I'll give the briefest thing. I lived in India from age 13 to 15 with my family. And actually, while I was there was when I was really like, I want to know how to cook. Wow. And the reason for that was there's a couple of things. One was missing food from home. And, you know, we were begging like our aunts, uncles, grandparents, anyone to to send send us like boxes of Kraft mac and cheese. Like, (laughs) please, we just miss this so much. And we're just, you know, kids in like this very unfamiliar environment kind of thrown into it. Um, Because why why were you there? My parents moved there for religious reasons. Uh um, And yeah, that was interesting. I know Brian likes to dig deep. I can he tell. He does. He does like a lot <laughs> well, of research. Who, who just like like lives and moves in moves India. India? That is yeah. such a good question. Right? That's what yeah. I've asked my father many times. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who would do that with five children? It was very yeah. much a quick decision. Um, not a lot of time to process it. Yeah. So it was very shocking. But at the same time, and it's hard because like I don't want to give credit it's, I don't ah, I really want to you know I, but I know for me personally and and I've I've said this directly to my parents like I created you know whether it was me or the environment or the way my where my mind was at that time I was able to grow in a way that like I was aware at age 13 that I was seeing things that adults from my from my hometown in Santa Monica and in West LA had never seen before. Like I knew that I was aging rapidly in that moment. I felt that it was like the growing pains, you know, when you can't walk because your legs are just like stretching overnight. It was like that in my brain at age 13 and 14, especially 14 was probably the real year for that. Um, but bringing it back to cooking, my, I have, um, three sisters and one brother. My brother only lived in India with us for a short while, but my sisters and I, you know, we would, we would, we were, we got very close during that time because we didn't really have anyone else, at least for the first year we lived there. And we would just make games out of mealtime. So if we needed to have lunch, it was like, well, it's Knights of the Round Table. And like, <laughs> we're having, the, and we all be in character or like we would have bro parties and we would have non-alcoholic beer and like, <laughs> and like pretend to be bros, like college uh-huh. bros. Like, I don't know where we, we were even mimicking it from. We didn't really grow up with a lot of TV. But we, so we would like play with food. Like it was, uh-huh. and really that's all I do. That's all I've done my whole life is really play with food. I mean, I, I make it tasty a lot of times as well. But like, I love the idea of community over a meal whether that's yeah. like at a high end or like a bro party right. with my sisters right um so <laughs> so that's like um and and then we we missed certain foods we missed mexican food and you right. can get a lot of those ingredients in right. india right you, you just cilantro. don't see them put together that way right so and you can get chapati and, and use it as a tortilla or whatever but i wanted to make tortillas from scratch i wanted to make pasta from scratch so it's getting all these like british um, cookbooks at the book, English bookstore in India and like trying to figure out grams and trying to figure out how to make oh, homemade wow. pasta and roll it out and I had a lot of fails like a lot of fails we would still like you know try to eat them but it was um, it just I realized at that age that 
knowing how to cook is a survival skill and also a just communal like you can what you can share by feeding someone I think is like the most base yeah I agree. beautiful thing of of being human mm-hmm. and I saw that in India with you know I just food connects people and I I think that that you know my, if my parents went for religious reasons and trying to bring people together but also sway people one way or another to their to their way of thinking I'm way more on like Let's share. Let's right. in, let's let me learn from let me you. Learn yeah. from you. Yeah. What is you? What do you do here? How do you mm. make this? And um, yeah. So I think and seeing international cuisine in India was a huge thing for me as well. So we we met Italian people with a with a pizza restaurant and mm. um, that was amazing. And you know we were seeking out these different things. And who was cooking I, Indian food for you though? There, like, did you get to? F- taste like what real Indian food oh was? yeah for sure um I mean we would go out to certain restaurants but also being a being a westerner in India being an expat um and it's like this in a lot of in a lot of other countries if you live there and you move there like my mom really didn't want to have any servants you know that whole thing felt really wrong to her but what we quickly learned is it's more offensive to come there with your money and your privilege and, and not, not share and not share and not have that that you know um passed down so so we had um like a cook in Uh our home and um or multiple my mom never really got used to the idea people like (laughs) people had trouble working with us we had trouble like it was was an interesting thing i again books like (laughs) three books right here there's i studied writing and then i i don't actually i mean this is fun but talking yeah. about myself or like writing it and expecting people to want to yeah. read that i got like all you know well you can pretend it's fiction yeah yeah, yeah. do it for therapy <laughs> yeah, exactly i know absolutely that's like that's yeah. that's what it's definitely useful but so for. so then they were making food for you and mm-hmm. were you like trying to learn recipes with them so yeah absolutely yeah. i mean that's where i would say in india is where i learned um to enjoy spicy food and mm. you know i was still at that young age where i just wasn't exposed to very much spicy food right. my um, my grandparents are amazing cooks, but you know, things skip a generation sometimes. So my, my mom didn't really cook. My family ate very, um, my family also always, you know, played around with poverty line. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> that was our, our jam. So, um, you know, a lot of cheeseburgers, cheeseburger is still my favorite food, but uh, like a lot of like, this is what you're eating today is this 29 cent McDonald's mm-hmm, hamburger and mm-hmm. like this year meal for the day. So, um, I ate sort of fast food, frozen food. Wow. Like, I, I didn't eat well as a child, I'll mm-hmm. say. Sorry, Mom. I'm sure she's yeah. going to listen to this, but it's the truth. So um, then... Like, we go down a lot of rabbit yeah. holes. I know, and I want to ask about the color palette of Indian food, because... Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, when I think of India, I instantly I'm thinking in yellows, oranges and reds. Yeah. Like, like curry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turmeric so I would think it would be like very spices. different looking food than we eat here. Just just based on color profiles. Right. Yeah. Well, and also India, you know, it's a, it's a large country, huge population and so many different. I think there's over 47 languages in India. Wow. Um, there's so like people, you know, we think of India and we think of, we think of, uh, mostly chicken, like, tikka masala, which is like British Indian food. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, 
We lived in Chennai, also known as Madras. It's the south of India. That's Siri live in Chennai. Oh, is that where she went to boarding school? I think school? she did. I yeah, think maybe. that's where she went to yeah. boarding school. Sorry, we had a, yeah. a cheering Sherpa who was um, from Nepal. Yeah, I wanted to listen to her. Episode. Yeah, she. I, I work with her at the hotel, that, and um, yeah, I she got sent to boarding that. school um, in India for quite a while, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to go to boarding school so bad when I was in <laughs> India. I was like, just anything, get me to. I think I wanted structure. I mean, my family was so wild, and I wanted like. Also, I just wanted to escape, but yeah. I, don't get, can, <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to talk about this, that's fine. I wasn't here for the for the pr- okay. for the pre-show. Um, the pre-show show. Are you like? Um, are we talking about um, Jehovah's Witness, or are we talk like? What it's are your- like um, Christianity. Uh, what do they call it? So evangelicals, missionaries. That, yeah. Okay. Christian missionary evangelicals, okay. like you know, follow my God to go to heaven, and your gods are gonna make you go to hell. That okay. kind of thing. And so are you, you're atheist now? <laughs> I'm like agnostic. agnostic. I'm not, I mean, I just think religion is a useful social structure and clearly a lot of powerful people have figured that out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I think that the, um, what I realized around age 18 is the importance of community. And, you know, after some years of depression, after I was like, okay, I'm not a Christian, but there's something missing in my life and I don't think that's I see you know God in in us in nature I I believe in I I mean I have a a lot of spirituality for sure but um what I I finally recognized there that I was sort of missing is just community because I grew up in I grew up in almost I mean my some people in my family will admit that it was very cultish. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like your class, but it was like you go to church here or you go to hell kind of thing. That's kind of mm-hmm. cultish, yeah. I would say. Well, when you're young and you're <laughs> hearing that, you... Yeah, very impressionable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so it was a small community. You know, they would have branch-off churches, but very small community. And, um, you know, for better or for worse, there were a lot of things I didn't like about that community even at a young age. But still... You sort of miss that um, just having people that you can count on, right? Yeah. And and I mm-hmm. also recognize that when I went to Seattle Culinary Academy and um, Karen Jurgensen's the she's one of my mentors for life. She's the sustainability mm-hmm. instructor there and a tenured instructor there. And she during the summers works on a farm, Quillisasket Farm in mm-hmm. Eastern Washington, which I've worked out with her volunteer full basket it's called quillisasket it's a it's it's a native word so it's q-u-i-l-l-i-s-a-s-c-u-t s-a-s-c-u-t quillisasket farm and they are a goat cheese farm they've been um making really great goat cheese and and uh, sharing that with restaurants in seattle for years um Rick and Laura Lee, Mr. Lee are amazing farmers oh, cool. and amazing just uh, there's in the Eastern Washington farming community. They're just really pillars of that community. So in getting into farming and even through culinary school and cooking and, you know, I found community through food, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and and the farming community is even, you know, I, I basically was a farm-to-table chef interested in sustainability. 
somehow now I'm a food stylist that, yeah, is apparently <laughs> um, in There's trouble for making money. pretty burgers. There's probably more money in food styling There's than a little farming. Bit more for, money. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I mean, yeah, that's the way it went. Absolutely. That's the way it is. And I know. And actually, just to fast forward to why I got into food styling is I studied sustainable agriculture at Evergreen State College after going to this culinary school that was all about sustainability and trying to bring sustainability into the into food into um, restaurants and and I after that graduated you know a bachelor's degree in sustainable agriculture culinary degree and I wasn't ready to go back to working in a restaurant on the line and mm-hmm. I had done a lot of free work on a lot of farms in eastern Washington at that farm in um, France and Ireland like I and a lot of that was for travel but I I had worked really hard for free a lot and I was graduating college and I was super broke yeah. <laughs> like straight up and I was like this is all really great and all this idealism is really great but what about sustainability for me in my right, life? And right. how do I how do I not play with that poverty line that like my family still runs on? You know, like yeah. where do I where do I find a way to make it's okay money? not to be po- impoverished. It's okay. I mean, it's yeah. okay, and there's nothing shameful about yeah. it. But and I've had to yes. like work on that, yes. and that's still a thing for me because you know even with. I don't know, with wanting the world to be a better place and also wanting to be comfortable. I mean, we live in a in an interesting place for that, right? Like we live in, in farm country, but it's also this different it's kind also of farm lifestyle, country. wine yeah. country. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, we have some monoculture going on in some of our wine country counties. Just a little bit. <laughs> and I, you know, living on a vineyard in Napa, I kind of felt that... Um, I felt the reality of that and I couldn't, I couldn't hang, which is also why I love Sonoma County. I think that we have the this, diversity. the diversity and, and it's really why I moved back to California to be from Seattle. Cause I was there for mm-hmm. almost 10 years. Um, to be close to my grandparents who lived in Calistoga and to be, I was like, if I want to live sustainably or I want to have, um, a, a business that runs sustainably with, with food that you can get locally, I want to be in California. It's where I'm from, and it's where the the climate the best place to be. I mean, for yeah, food, absolutely. I still think that's I, yeah, true. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the state of California produces ninety percent of the organic produce for the whole country. Wow, like, is that true? Ninety ninety percent of the organic, but I think organic. it's about thirty five percent of produce. Yep. basically. And anytime you drive down from here to Paso Robles, you see it. Yeah, I got to see it last week. It's, oh. Yeah overwhelming oh absolutely no i just had to go to la for a job and drove um and i've i've i did the aids life cycle ride um in 2014 and that went down and that's yeah biking from san francisco to la and you know you're you're biking through like for 20 (laughs) minutes you might be biking through strawberry jam and then suddenly you're biking through (laughs) some cruciferous (laughs) right right oh god cauliflower yes sulfur plants and the, that are you know the compost just sprinklers in the sun. <laughs> yeah yeah which who knows what's uh-huh. in what's in Crazy. that water yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean it, it's agriculture is a super it's still like this passion of mine i wouldn't say i'm a gardener i i have access i could have a garden here and i i don't have time i travel constantly um but i love growing little things and i so my way of bringing sustainability into food styling which is a Huge. I mean, if that's possible, which I hope mm-hmm. it is one day. Um, certain, you know, the fast food stuff like you're talking about. That's like the 
that's a, a whole nother thing that can't even talk about sustainability with that. But with the jobs I do locally, the jobs I do for, you know, editorial jobs, magazines, cookbooks, things that are, we're really showing real food and we're showing delicious food that people, we're inspiring people to cook. Um, every chance I get, and even on those ad jobs, I'm buying stuff from local farmers. I'm, you know, I'm trying to support the local economy here and, um, and really pay people well for that as well. Cause I know mm-hmm. how hard it is. I know that if I, you know, text Vince from triple T ranch mm-hmm. at 4 PM and say, Oh my God, do you have any edible flowers you can bring to market tomorrow? And he's out there at 5 PM picking flowers for me. Like, I'm like, right. here's like all the money. <laughs> like, yeah. You're amazing. Right. You know, he's like, it's $5. I'm like, no, it's not right. Like you were out there at dusk right. for half an hour. You yeah. paid for two hours for that. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think, and I'm really big on people getting paid, mm-hmm. like, after all the free work I, I have done in my yeah, life. I, I think, think that's really admirable. What was your first food stylist job? Like, as an assistant mm-hmm. or on your own? What was your f- first job? Yeah, I, I definitely remember? remember. Wow. Oh, yeah, for sure, because when I, so in my last quarter of studying sustainable agriculture at evergreen why i chose evergreen state college just uh, for the name yeah <laughs> i have an evergreen tattoo on my back <laughs> that was not not because of evergreen state college it's for lebanon actually but um the that school is amazing it's a liberal arts college you can write your own curriculum in, to wow. some degree and a sushi i worked at poppy um restaurant in seattle with jerry tronfeld when he opened it up. oh interesting yes. like herb farm guy yes. yeah herb farm guy. that's my guy well, I, I love jerry oh yeah, yeah. we met him um just briefly john and i when we were doing book signing up in the area nice um yeah we went to herb farm and he was there oh it was so awesome yeah so he, so his place before that or after so he that? left the herb farm in 2008 Eight, I believe, or 2009. I think Poppy opened in 2009. Okay. Uh, or the September of 2008. Is it still open? Yes, it okay. is. And he has another restaurant um, next door that's like Szechuan Chinese um, food. And Poppy's really interesting because it's... Jerry took the concept of the tali, which is uh, a South Indian way of having lunch on a banana leaf with all these different, you're just, you get your rice, you get your yogurt, and you get like maybe a protein, maybe it's vegetarian. You get all these little chutneys yeah. and pickles and all these different things, and that's with maybe naan or whatever. And so he took that concept and made it into more of like a Northwest food, but still like really leaning on um, spices from around the world, but a lot of Indian, like we had a tandoor oven, we made oh. naan. And we would serve that with when we would make a pickle, like so. It was really playful and really fun and a different concept. Some things were encouraged to eat with your hands, but Mm -hmm. mostly, I mean, we had these like circular trays, and then we had all these beautiful little heath dishes, and you just get little bits of everything. But it's like getting a tasting menu all at once. I love eating like that. It's fun in Israel too. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the maze. I I just love that where they would roll up a cart and you would have like thirty different you know like rice bowls full of sauces and vegetables and just like all these different things and you like mix it it's like a smorgasbord you mix and match all your stuff yeah Yeah. that's really cool yeah it's fun it was a really cool concept um and jerry took me under his wing i mean to be completely honest like working as a young woman in restaurants was tough um even after so i went to culinary school because i knew that was the only way to work in 
in kitchens really Mm -hmm. um because people would just say you're you're not a cook like you're and not that I'm like the most glamorous person but still it's like we're gonna get you out front you're a server whatever so I went to culinary school I had the skills and there were some chefs I wanted to work with and um big male ego chefs and I don't it doesn't work out not even that we who, get in who fights does work out with that, uh, you know, other big male ego chefs <laughs> right, right, and it's become less successful. and less I can tell you yeah. oh, absolutely yeah. it's yeah. changing Thank which I'm so this. happy yeah. I mean I keep a I definitely keep a pulse on on the restaurant industry because it's a, it, it it's was my community and yeah. it's fascinating and I'm so glad to see that there's some change because I can tell you at least two if not three jobs I didn't get because the chef would rather sleep with me than work with wow. me. Wow. See, I It, it never... wasn't even, you know, tension in the kitchen. Yeah. It was like I couldn't even get in the door of the kitchen because right. they were trying to take me on dates slash yeah. whatever yeah. before I could, they would even. It's like, before I hire you, maybe we yeah, could go have dinner. Each other and I just was like, no. See, I never, I'm, I didn't no. have that. And like my young days was in um, the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, the mid 80s. And, you know, maybe there were subtle things that happened, but I never felt they were, like, out of my control. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe I edged some of them on for well, my benefit. Yeah. Well, I mean, then that's an yeah. interesting thing, right? It, like, recognizing it, it that is. power. And then I think even more, you kind of, that was, you had to put, like, I had the option in 2005 or whatever to say, no, like, I'm not. I'm not going to go no, on this date interested. with you. Yeah. Clearly, you're not going to hire yeah. me. We're, we're done. Right. And then, you know, the email back, we're like, I have no idea what you're implying. And it's like, oh, really? Do you want to read your own email back to me? Um, yeah, a lot of that. But I, you know, I, I also have, a, uh, my grandmother was a very strong feminist, uh, the president of the California chapter of now when, uh, when I was born in 80, 88 and 89, but like her influence, like I just do not abide, but you know, I also have been in lots of compromised situations. I understand yeah, there's yeah. a give and take, but there's a line that like, I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but it kind of, you know, it's, it, it, sucks, it pushes you out of yeah. certain, it, it doesn't make space for people with talent to, do their job like can we just do our right. job no yeah. <laughs> which yeah. I yeah I've always found fascinating um, but I love to see the change that's happening all over yeah, it is great well, so it's, it's mandatory absolutely it is especially it with is. the way staffing is now you yeah <laughs> you're afraid to lose someone it's like oh no I'm I, maybe they would have sexually been sexually harassed before but no 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 we really oh, need to I, we really need the staff so like <laughs> tame your shit yeah. down don't because... be slapping anybody on the butt no yeah. but how about women chefs so did you well, wait, look wait, wait. For... okay so we we have to go back to the first job yes first job first food job. styling okay cool um so i i had those graduations i said i i you know, I told my friend who was a producer at a photo studio, who was one of my friends through cycling. I, you know, one of those college graduates without any idea what to do. This was like, yeah, 2012 was another, you know, rush of that. Lots of stories about like all these educated young people with no jobs to right. go to, um, which I, you know, I had, I've always thought if you have skills with your hands, you'll be fine. Right. Um, 
but I wanted to make some money. <laughs> so I was complaining to a friend of mine over like, oh, I bought this messenger bag I can't afford. And she was like, so what's your schedule like? And I was in California, in Calistoga, working with Forney Brown Gardens oh, and nice. doing a little, it was my last my last quarter, I was doing this farm to table, you know, side project to, to finish graduating from Evergreen. So I was down here and, um, she said, you know, I need an assistant for an assistant food stylist on some shoots. I can pay you $300 a day wow. and I need you for two or three days at the end of the month. This is like in two weeks or something. And I basically was like, I didn't hear anything except $300 yeah, hell yeah. a day. Yeah. <laughs> and if that's you, huge, it, that's Jackie, huge. In 2012 even, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And that is so, and that is what my my assistants make that. That's my minimum for my assistants now. Um, And that's, you know, they're they're also paid as contractors. They're paying, they're running, they're running their own business. Right. And you don't work every day. And, you know, so, but of course, I was like, what if you think I can do this, whatever you just said, like, I have no idea, but yeah, like I will be there. And so it was um, the very first day was for Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute. And I, you know, I was the chef then. I was working nights and I I showed up like just to wake up and get me and my knives out the door. I was yeah. like, I'm going to drink so much coffee. Like, I'm ready. <laughs> and I get there like, I'm ready to like, you know, do a one woman like catering show. Like, I don't know. I was like, whatever it is. Like, she didn't really tell me what I would be doing. I just was ready with my knives. And I got there and the food stylist was so chill. Super, super nice woman. I had been in this career at least 20 years and you know, she, I was like, okay, so, so what now? And everyone's kind of trickling in. It's a photo shoot. And I'm like <laughs> standing there like I'm ready to go. Just give me something to do. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, we'll get there. Just, just relax. We're good. And I was like, but we're not doing anything. And I've had like five pots of coffee. Yeah, like, okay. And so, but I remember the moment. So, so Alaska Stephen Marketing Institute, you know, we were doing some, like, I think we did four or five different fish dishes, mostly salmon probably. Um, and I just remember this moment when I was like, this is a new thing for me. I'm, I'm doing this thing. Um, she asked me for some options for a cilantro garnish for this dish that she was making. And, you know, and also I was like, okay, we're barely cooking that, you know, like there's rice with this dish, but we're just using like boil and bag rice or whatever we're right. using. Like there wasn't that much for me to do and anything there was for me to do. I was like, but I was used to being the slowest person in the kitchen at Poppy honestly I was like you know the garmanger that's like always sweating bullets like running around trying to keep a clean station because I was 20 21 like I was fresh um but she asked me for a cilantro garnish and I was like 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 what what do you want and she was like I don't know just give me some options so I like had this cutting board with like and I don't even know what I did now I'm like how did I come up with like 10 different yeah, options like, to show I'm cilantro thinking, like, what could you do? like you know chiffonade here's a little like big you know big mints little mints like whole leaf little leaf and I remember doing that specific task and thinking this is awesome because wow. no one is breathing down my neck yelling for this thing. I'm not behind. I'm ahead and I'm giving all these cool options. Right. Like I'm crushing it. This is fun. So <laughs> versus being crushed in the restaurant every night and having to drink my, you know, <laughs> yeah. drink it away. <laughs> drink um, yourself to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I was able to really hone in and I, I, I'm a detailed person and that's, that works <laughs> that's necessary for yeah. this but I hadn't quite found the right place for that 
yet. And once I did that, it was I was kind of hooked. And I mean, to be honest, I was like, so I can work. I don't know. At that time, I had very low costs in my life. Like I can work three or five days a month and just like <laughs> do other things. Right. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like our guest from last week, Mike the Baker. Yeah, yeah. He, exactly. he makes bread, makes three hundred fifty loaves, sells them on Friday. He does it all like for seventeen hours on Thursday. Yeah. Sells them all on Friday, and then he's Loops like, all life. right, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing I mean right? Know, right like isn't that what we all want isn't that part of sustainability like Absolutely. we all work too much and that being said I work all the time you know I run my own business I'm like you know coming in here trying to respond to emails walking in here to meet you all while I'm like <laughs> you know whatever there's always things to do um but I like that I like being busy and I like it being yeah, a little more on my own terms and, well and that's what happens um, you know certainly when you have your own business and you need to satisfy you know clients Absolutely. and you can't you have to be available and yeah I think also you get a taste of making money mm-hmm. and maybe not just the money but the things that you can get Mm-hmm. with that money yeah even if it's a necessity versus a luxury item mm-hmm. i mean it gives you the accessibility to other things yeah absolutely it doesn't mean you need to be a pack rat but you know a new knife or yeah you know a new messenger bag yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely and like i you know i just i'm driving now the very first brand new car I've ever driven it's a year old now but it's like I never thought I deserved that in my life wow my phone hooks up to the stereo (laughs) amazing yeah no I was driving my 2002 Ford Ranger before that with the cassette that has the auxiliary cord I like tried to trick it out and that was an upgrade from my 78 Mercury so Uh which I had like speakers just plugged into my phone you're like what does this Um, do oh it moves my mirror (laughs) yeah no I have heated seats I have have cooling seats I'm like I'm into it but also the biggest thing that that I to afford being able to take time off when you need it is huge and that privilege I'm very aware of that privilege like when my grandmother was in her last two months of her life I'm I basically took off that entire two months Mm. and I was so aware you know my siblings couldn't do that. My my partner, no, like no one, no one else could do that. But I had built a life where I was available for that, and that is super powerful That's too. Huge. To be able to take a break. When I was an assistant, I worked my body so hard. I you know I developed plantar fasciitis at 27 mm. that turned into arthritis in my hips. Like I was like, I kind of broke myself at a very young age, and even the shift between going from assisting to lead styling and also that you know my work the amount of days I worked went down but the the cost of my day went up the price I got for it and I was able to and you know a lot of other self-care it took three Mm -hmm. years but I to be able to afford to build my life around self-care like getting you know going to the spa getting massaged getting physical therapy doing yoga like I I'm very aware that there's a privilege to that because I have been the person working 50 hours a week and barely being able to pay my rent I mean that's well and also to be able to hire people absolutely I mean that's like I mean of all the things that I think I'm probably proudest about is the ability to give other people work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's huge. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have an amazing assistant yeah. right now, and it's, it's a priority for me to get 
her on the job with me. Yeah. Um, so that she's, so she can afford to keep Mm -hmm. doing this because it's, it's, it's a good amount of money per day, but if you're, you actually you can't do the five days a month right. thing I learned too. <laughs> no. Not in the Bay Doesn't Area. Last. No. Not in the Bay Area. No. When I was in Washington, you know, staying on people's couches maybe, but uh-huh. that was, that was a long time ago. Um, so, you know, basically you went from an assistant and five years of being an assistant mm-hmm. and you decide, okay, I am going to be my own boss mm-hmm. and... You're taking the shift where you're going to just do it. Yeah. How does that happen? So, well, for me, you know, the health stuff was a big part of it, but also I always um, kept a foot in the door of of cooking food for people who are going to eat it Mm -hmm. Um, while I was an assistant. That was really important to me. The whole time I was an assistant, I didn't actually think I was going to be a food stylist. Wow. It wasn't, you know, I fell into it from my friend hiring me and the whole time I was kind of like this is cool side money but like I'm a cook I'm a chef Mm. I'm I'm a sustainable farm to table chef like I'll take the money from Burger King and then I'll go do this Mm -hmm. other thing and that was you know that's all all great but um the food styling I learned was has become my career because after five years, that's what happens. Uh, so while I was, I met my partner doing farm dinners in Sonoma County in the summer of 2014. And that was a time where I was really, I was still assisting, but I, I started doing these farm dinners to see if I what, could. What, what kind of farm dinner? Uh, it was, it was kind of like a one season business. As far as I know, they might be doing dinners down in the peninsula, but we, we called it table to farm. It's not, not the name of it. It was called meats and bounds meats being like the measurement M E T E S, not like M E A T S. And, um, and a chef friend of mine in Seattle had worked with this, this guy, Heath Thompson, who started the business uh, Meats and Bounds, and he and I met through a, a great chef friend in Seattle, and um, working with Heath was super fun. We did these dinners just like a couple times a month over the summer, so that was so like a side fun. gig to mm-hmm. my because assisting had become fully my my thing. Um, but yeah, it was so fun, and I got to meet people up here I really wanted to find a way to move up to I was living in Oakland at the time Mm -hmm. and I was just wanted to live closer to my grandparents in Calistoga I wanted to find a way and I thought I would meet like you know some winemaker or something (laughs) at one of these dinners and then of course I like fell in love with the front of house boy Um, but he's he's amazing and um, so that yeah we've been we basically got together moved to Calistoga and like the rest is sort of uh, so far as awesome. history. But yeah, so so Meats and Bounds was a fun a fun thing. That was one one of the things I, I really, you know, almost half and half of that and and assisting. But then after that, in the spring of twenty sixteen, Tom and I went to New Zealand and we he worked at a winery and I worked I came with him. We had working holiday visas and I worked in the restaurant at the winery. And I actually wanted to work in the winery with him. I thought, I'm ready to do something different. Yeah. I love to like, I'm, I like collect just <laughs> food, beverage, information. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what makes me good at my job. I've, I've sponged in a lot right. of just very, various information. Um, but 
you know, I couldn't get on the winemaking team with zero experience. So I ended up, this always happens to me. I try to do something different and people are like, oh no, you're this. <laughs> Put you back in <laughs> like, your... <laughs> yeah, like I wanted to be a bartender and I end up working in the kitchen. But when I wanted to work in the kitchen, people put me in the front. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, just, I get shifted around. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's okay. Is, I'm blabbing. <laughs> is food stylist, is it, is it one of those industries that's dominated by women? I think, Yes. It seems to be. Yeah. Yeah. There are some male food stylists. I haven't worked with very many of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. And even food photographers, I would say there's definitely men who are food photographers, but um, m- mostly I work with women. And I think yeah. that was also a conscious shift for me. I was ready to to live in that world. And it, um, it changed a lot for me. And so that's the thing with New Zealand. So I went and I worked in this kitchen and I was the only woman in the kitchen. Oh. It was a windowless kitchen. Oh. It was a fry box, you know, oh. like you're, and, um, and it was one of those where it's like, well, you're not a cook, you're a food stylist. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm training your cooks who've worked with you for a year. <laughs> And your food looks bomb right now. Yeah. (laughs) And like, you're lucky I know how to run, you know, a a garmage for your wedding event while we have served. Like, I'm just doing these things because I know how to do it. But the chef was an asshole, 100%. And it was so regressive for me. And, and I was doing this as like, I was on sabbatical from assisting food stylists. I'm going to New Zealand for three months and I'm going to work here for two months and travel for a month and it's supposed to pay for itself because you work hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm paying to work overtime in a country that doesn't pay for overtime. Like everything was oh. hard and I couldn't, I was like, nope, I'm a food, you're right, I am a food stylist. Like, and that's a good thing. I'm going right. to go home and make my money and style yeah. my food yeah. and work with yeah. these people who believe in me. Like everything that, that I've been right. given. It shouldn't have to be hard. It shouldn't have. It doesn't need to be. when you have a passion. No. Yeah. No, there was, it was a, the kind of chef that like, uh, yeah, just. Yeah. Threatened. Threatened and would, you know, make the, the women in the work the front of the house cry. And, you mm. know, it was just like, I can't be around this. Yeah. I'm done with this. I left this life. Mm-hmm. So I, I cut that trip short, actually. I cut that job short. I traveled. I had a great time. Went to the Cook Islands. I Good went to the you. South yeah. Island. I went home and I launched my, my lead styling career from there. Oh, that's Let's awesome. Let's give a big shout out to that chef. Thank you. Yeah. Thank exactly. you. Butthole. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He definitely pushed me, but not in yeah. the direction he thought. He no, would. seriously. Um, so yeah. I got a couple questions. Yes. Yeah. Let's get your questions. Um, do you like to work with odd numbers? <laughs> that's awesome. That's, uh, yes. Um, it's true now. Okay. Explain why. It's not just me. So... Um, Meaning having three things, three eggs, not four eggs? So I I wouldn't say that it's like my obsession, but it, it becomes, it's like a photo shoot thing. Right. Like there's there's certain things, like tangents are a thing. Tangents meaning like if, if this plate and this plate are so close to each other, but there's this tiny space between them, or there's two corners of like two napkins that are 
pointing they're like almost touching that's a tangent and it like people freak out so there's tangent police that make sure there's no tangents there's similarly like, how much do they make yeah i would love to know if that's like an <laughs> add-on to their yeah. rate tangent. but it's like whether it's the client the photographer police. the art director whoever you know because and that's another thing to realize like my images some of my images are are me and and the photographer like i work a lot with maren caruso if you go to my <gasps> instagram She's. I love her. Did you oh see, my if god! You go through, like I don't. so many of my images on Instagram are collaborations with her, and that's because we do test oh shoots together god. and we play, and so that's like our stuff. But client work is, you know, somebody is saying, put a put another coffee bean because right. I don't want four, I want five. Somebody is. There's a lot of um, direction that goes mm. down, and that's fine. You know, that's especially if there's a client and they're paying for it, and that's what they want. I'm happy to to accommodate. But so there's a give and take of how much is my style and how much is, you know, a collaboration with whoever is, yeah. whoever's directing me. Right. Um, but yeah, so but it is funny the odd numbers. I, I'm the same way though. Yeah, I, I actually, I mean, that is something for me. Like, I know it has to be an odd something. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, on a plate, that's on a, a thing, plate. right? Like, yeah, you don't have two just, beignets, you have right. three. You have like, to have three. Yeah, it's almost I mean, like... though we have two profiteroles, but I think... <laughs> and I think yeah, it's and that doesn't unlike... make me yeah, mad. interesting. <laughs> and we have four fake kisses. Yeah, hold now. on, Sandra. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I guess I, like, wasn't paying but attention. But people dine in, in often in pairs or yeah. in four people. So yeah. at the restaurant, it makes sense to... I wonder why. No, I think it's unlucky in Asian culture. Really? Is what oh, I heard to have to have it's even supposed to be or yeah odd. yeah no it's supposed to be odd numbers oh, when you're spe- specifically talking about food presentation yeah. oh yeah there's a lot of things like but you get four four dumplings like in a dim sum thingy mm-hmm. you don't usually get three or five <laughs> I I, I would love some dim sum right now yeah totally it's like <laughs> lunchtime uh, here so I have to just say though Marin Caruso. I think she did one of our very first photos for either Wine Spectator or I don't know, but it was like like the first like real photographer that like shot anything That's of our amazing. stuff. It was amazing. That's so great. Yeah, it was so long ago. She did a ton of. I mean, she she got a big start doing um, cookbooks with William Sonoma with the, yes, like well to know yes. in their publishing company. But, you know, and I, I never worked with her on any of those. That was definitely before my time. But Marin is such an artist. And if you look at her, you should definitely check out her current work because she is, um, she's just, she's got a, a really unique style and eye and the way she shoots things, the way she lights things. I'm so lucky to work with her. And she's a great friend. She's a wonderful oh, that's person. Exciting. So she, um, and we do a ton of work for, for Cliff Bar together. Um, and that's, you know, one of the big clients we work for together. But we, like tomorrow, I'm going to the studio to play around with Marin and we're going to get some cool shots. We have some projects we work on on the side. And that's really fun because, you know, client work is client work. And it's uh, to consider myself an artist in this field. You know, it, oh, you it's have fine to, to constantly com- build your mm-hmm. portfolio. Exactly, and it's fine to be a commercial food stylist. But if my website was just full of things that I got paid to do, um, then it's that you're not getting a full 
picture of what I like to do and what yeah. my style, what Alicia right. Deal yeah. style is. Right. So, yeah. What is the Alicia Deal style? Um, you know, it's ever evolving. Of course, as it <laughs> but, should be. Um, and I, I honestly think that, you know, Instagram's probably a better expression of it than my website is, especially mm-hmm. currently. Um, I will update my website before this airs <laughs> because I love yeah this is a good motivation your website's amazing though. well thank you Brian it's one of those things I feel like you know because I run my own business I've there's I was talking about how you know people expect me to be good at everything with food styling like oh you can make you know this you can roast a whole pig and also do like a michelin star level dessert at the same shoot right and it's like no (laughs) what are you talking about um you know or whatever there's certain work that's very specific but um the same i feel like with marketing and my website and social media and all of that i'm like oh i have to do all this myself Mm -hmm. um which i don't you know i had a friend help me with my website and and i've had two friends help me but it's when it's your craft and it's your it's your art it's your brand Mm -hmm. which i kind of hate that i have to be a brand but that's the world we live in it's very hard to let someone else do all of that right which means that you know if i'm busy working on shoots my website doesn't get updated for a year um but but yeah my style i love to do weird stuff i love to play with food and i like to do weird stuff so um weird stuff meaning more conceptual more abstract Mm. more like a new expression of food Uh, let's think of like contemporary art but with Mm -hmm. food um, that's kind of the stuff that gets me like really excited, um, and and playing with food in a new way and sh- and and it's so hard to get people's attention these days. And I don't really I don't need their attention, but but with, with well, some of your clients, yeah, need I mean their, my work yeah. needs their attention, <laughs> and yeah, I but I also I mean I love to make beautiful food, of course, and and but I love to make beautiful I love to make edible food for people that are going to eat it. But if I'm working on a photo shoot, you know, I do a lot of lifestyle wine stuff where I'm making a whole table of food and and I love to make that beautiful. Um, but I really like the funky stuff. It's mm-hmm. just fun. It's fun to figure out how to make this thing float and how to wow. you know and capturing drips and yeah, that's a lot yeah. of what Marin and I do. We just we like to do the funky stuff. She's got a straw that she's blowing on the ice cream to make that little one little Absolutely. drip. There's like all kinds of crazy stuff. We have a straw um, collection. Straw. <laughs> <laughs> all just all all reusable and we're down can with you, straws. At this point in the show, can you tell people your Instagram account and your web address because I know when I listen to podcasts and things get refer- things are right, referred, yeah. I like to go check it out as I'm listening yeah, so right. people can look at your... Yeah. Um, so my Instagram handle is at Alicia Deal Style. Um, I spell my name the same way as Alicia Keys, A-L-I-C-I-A. Uh, and my last name is Deal Like a, a Good Deal, or Let's Make a Deal. So my name is pretty easy, but it's, it's also easy to botch anyway. It's a name that, yeah, a lot of people have. And then Style, S-T-Y-L-E. And my website is just my name. It's aliciadeal.com. Cool. And yeah, I, I, I love to get the feedback and it's, it's a fun thing to have. I never thought I would be an artist or that I would work in advertising, which I feel like I yeah. also do. Do you need an agent? I mean, I'm not <laughs> asking for a new job, but I mean, <laughs> I would think like there are photography agents that mm-hmm. where they parse out work. Yeah. So, um, Photographers usually do have an agent, and 
a lot of food stylists I know in, say, New York or even L.A. will have a rep or an agent. A rep. Um, but I, a lot of the people I've worked with in San Francisco, and, like, I'm they kind of on They just know you. We just, oh, yeah. I mean, as I don't need an agent to get work by okay. any means. I already get enough work. So what an agent could do for me or what someone could do for me is help manage that and the manage the calendar, manage the schedule, and all of that. But... Um, I mean, one, I'm kind of controlling of my own <laughs> life because I don't like to have to tell someone like, hey, I'm going to go on vacation. Right. You know, I kind of just right. do my own thing. And like, I just, I, I, I do it all myself. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, I yeah. mean, simple is, is awesome. Yeah. If I can keep it simple and still hire, you know, hire assistants mm-hmm. and people to help me in that way. But, um, yeah, an agent takes a percentage, percentage. and sometimes that's pretty hefty. And at this point it, uh, with the clients I already have, they would just be earning that. And I'm right. not really looking, I mean, I'm always happy to take new clients, but people come to me and I, I like it that way. That's I mean, that's, I feel very lucky to have it that way. And it's, it's definitely not a brag because I don't know why it happens that way, but <laughs> it's the way that the community is, you know, or other food stylists will recommend me for jobs like I will for them if I'm booked. Um, photographers will see that I've worked with certain photographers they like or whatever Instagram as much as it's sort of a difficult thing for me to like do all the time um, I get work from that and then you found me on Google (laughs) which I love I love that SEO works Mm -hmm. because I spend a lot of time putting words into pictures um, because I want to be found in wine country I think there's so much work to be had up here and there's a disconnect between San Francisco and wine country with the level of of work and um, I'd love to bring my city skills to the country yeah, and that's what be I nice not to commute and mm-hmm. to be able to do it yeah here and I have some you know like I said mm-hmm. Mary's Pizza Shack I love working with mm-hmm. that family um, and you know I did a job at Lagunitas the other day which was awesome to be very you fun. know so yeah. anytime I can be in in wine country it's like working in my own backyard mm-hmm. it's feels it feels good and then I love my I love the work I do in the city as well um, and in Oakland but that that tends to be this more commercial, you know, ad work or this conceptual stuff that needs to be done in a studio, which is, you know, I don't mind traveling in at all. Um, that's why I got a, a, a plug-in hybrid right. so yeah. I can drive with the heat, heated seats so I can drive to my heart's so content. Let's talk about um, what are the absolute worst foods to work with that are just so hard to make pretty. I'm thinking like because it's all oh, yeah. brown yeah. right what, yeah. what other foods are like yeah just... I mean like people will have to do like crock pot cookbooks or instant pot cookbooks right. and I'm like that sounds hard yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah and I have had to do I mean I'm trying to think of like I mean there's foods that are classically difficult to shoot like ice cream and pizza right. anything that melts anything that that requires um, constant redoing, reheating, just quick action with when you are working with a crew and if not everyone's ready for that pizza to hit the set, 
you're not, you know, that I'm making a new pizza and it's going to be, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. Um, I actually love working on pizza because I have the restaurant background. I actually like, I like things that, that go at a pace. Mm-hmm. My hardest shoots for me are the very, very, very slow yeah. ones where mm-hmm. I'm like waiting, waiting. Yeah. It's like being slow at the restaurant yeah. where you're like, yeah. I've already cleaned everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but even things like a cliff bar, like, yeah, I know, and the <laughs> the packaging is very exciting and colorful, but mm-hmm. but the actual bar isn't really right. right? Yeah, so that is, um, it is difficult to make cliff bars look good, but I have found ways because, uh. and and really, I use the product. Their product, um, you know, if it has some like chocolate drizzle on it or something, just something like that even helps. But I've done all of the cliff bar. Like if you go to Amazon and you're going to buy a cliff product, they have all these images on the Amazon carousel. Um, that's all my work. And that's a fun example to show a way to make something that, you know, it's the hero of the shot, but we're using propping, we're using ingredients, we're using things to express the flavor of the bar. Because if you just look at a cliff bar, you don't, you know, but out of the wrapper, like you said, like, mm-hmm. what is that? Yeah. Um, but you start to bring some life into it by creating a story and a scene. Um, and, and I do do some, um, outside of just styling, like I do work with some brands to bring that story to life or do some production where I can help like I and I say I just do the food I mean I do the food but I also do some like production within Mm -hmm. that to really make the shoot be for them to get what they need um but yeah cliff bars are difficult but they're also I mean it's such a fun company to work Mm -hmm. for the people are so great and and they're open to trying different things that's really important yeah uh, cliff bar is one of those companies you imagine they have a rock wall at Mm -hmm. work you know (laughs) sure they do and a slide or (laughs) something ping pong table (laughs) they have an amazing nursery for you know the employees kids and they definitely have like a rad gym they do have a rock wall in the gym actually there you go (laughs) yeah um yeah it's just i mean and that's the thing too again talking about sustainability or whatever trying working with companies that uh, you know, if you can align the same values yeah. ever is, is great in this, in this world. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think, I mean, doing the holiday, holiday spread, doing the Turkey, doing those kind of things. Those are, those are also like that requires food styling. There's certain things that you can cook and it looks great. And there's certain things you really do have to pull out the tricks for. That's what we want to know. That's what everyone wants to know. You want to know a couple like yours. So I told my friend that you were coming on and and he was like, oh yeah, I've seen that commercial for like IHOP or something in the pancake. He's like, he's like, I think they put cardboard in between the pancakes and it's not, and it's not whipped cream. He's like, that's shaving cream. And then (laughs) that's not syrup. That's motor oil that they're pouring on there. I'm like, how do you know this stuff? Well, and you know, like that, is probably all true. I don't know for sure. <laughs> you don't I mean, do that. I don't really do that. I I have worked on food commercials, but I wouldn't say I've... Usually the commercials that I'm doing for food, food is part of the story, but that it's not... Um, I'm not doing, like, the close-up of the... Like, okay. that's just not at this stage. And I think also being in the Bay Area, we're mm-hmm. not doing that stuff as much as it's getting done say in LA or something right. like that the okay. big production houses that are mm-hmm. doing like those Taco Bell Burger King like commercials still shoots it's a different thing you can mm-hmm. get away with different things but um but yeah I I use edible products like 
99% of the times. Mm -hmm. Like I use, I use Pam and glycerin and I use, but these things are edible. You know, I, I don't really like I've made fake ice cream, but with truth and advertising, you can't shoot fake ice cream for an ice cream company. You can shoot fake ice cream if you're shooting the cone right so what, right. whatever oh. you're selling whatever you're selling you have has to, to use be that real. thing to and actually okay. that's true with those burgers like that is a, a burger king patty yeah. that comes from them that is their bun we might be buying all the fresh stuff fresh and you know that um that's a that's allowed but and how we prepare those things trade secret but you know right but it is the product um you know how it's propped up if there's cardboard between those pancakes like that's just to get the shot you yeah. know yeah because they're not yeah no one's eating it the best the best compliment to me is if someone like i just did an ad job where i had to make like 14 different burgers all at once to all be shot on the same in the same world wow. and that's and you know i'm working on a i brought a deep fryer and i had a toaster oven you know i'm 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 working on a on a fold-out table in the studio. I wasn't working in a real kitchen, um, which was fine. I was totally able to do that. <laughs> uh, the pizza was harder to do in the toaster oven. But the for those burgers, you know, the best compliment to me was that everyone, people, I was working at a at an agency, so people from the building were, like, just checking, it. like, are those, I hear those aren't edible, right? And I'm like, yep no i'm glad you want to eat one like yeah it looks good enough for you to want to eat yeah Yeah. is awesome but yeah don't touch that like yeah i don't want you to get sick and also like you know there's there's pins or there's things that you know totally inedible um and even when i'm making edible food it's still like sort of a disruption to the shoot to like now we're all gonna eat this like it's it's it becomes work like you don't even like when i worked in restaurants like we weren't really eating the food we were putting out in the restaurant just eating this we're eating stuff out of the yeah we're eating the snacks yeah yeah we we for plot du jour we cooked everything everything was real food Mm -hmm. and pretty much ate everything well and cookbooks are fun. Yes, like we that. did. I was there. You were there. Didn't you eat everything? No, some stuff it just it had gotten cold. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, well, yeah, because they had to shoot it like ten. And there's some times. things like duck confit cold. Yeah, I'm down. Um, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, super. Yeah, I don't know. There's just some stuff that wasn't good cold. So I yeah. I remember yeah being well, a little no, bum like, can no, you shoot it true. faster yeah. so I can eat it while there's still some steam on it? We starved you in those days. Oh, you don't. hardly had anything <laughs> to eat. I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah. But no, but I mean, Lauren had said that she like was gaining weight before her wedding. Like she had to stop eating everything. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's fun. I mean, with magazine shoots and cookbooks, we're almost, the food stylist is almost running as like um, another round of recipe testing. Right. There's a little, it gets a little hard to do that when it's like, yeah, but you want me to cook 12 recipes today. Right. And like, I need to take some shortcuts to get this done. Um, It becomes like the logistics of the shoot, which I love figuring out how am I actually going to do this task? Mm -hmm. Every job I get the ask and then I say, all right, how am I going to execute this? And Mm -hmm. I actually love that. And that comes from a catering background too of like, okay, this crazy party, this many people, whatever, how are we going to get this done? Well, yeah, it's 90% like 
preparation and then it's that 10 percent of actual terror absolutely making it happen yeah Yeah. and i i and i take the the prep part really seriously and take it to a to a deep Mm -hmm. level um which my assistants and clients and people really appreciate but you know it's an it's part of an obsessiveness that i have but it again it makes me good at my Mm -hmm. job um but yeah it's it's what were we talking about? <laughs> I'm like prepping jobs yeah, in my no, head now. I'm like, making lists. I know. What is the, um, do you have like your most favorite job that you ever did? I, I love airplanes and I got to do a job on Boeing Field up in Washington for uh, Qatar Airlines, like working, I, I did actually for a couple different airlines, working on the plane, like we were shooting on the, on the Dreamliner before it came out. Wow. So this was some years ago, at least three or four years ago. But that was super, like, just the like, like making little kid airplane in me. food? Yeah. Making the food that, you know, uh, that they could potentially be serving in first class right but then also like having like an ice cream or orange juice ready for like they were shooting the like faux passengers on the actual plane for for like the menu card or for whatever for the information that's not i just thought that was really fun but um as far as like i mean there's so many um just fun projects that I've worked on where you really get to play like that. Mm -hmm. I love when a client lets, lets us experiment. Um, like with cliff bar, they had a product that's, that's discontinued now, but it was a new bar and we got to, I made these like sort of beautiful messes and then we did a video and they wanted me to do it as a talent, I think, because I have a few tattoos or whatever. They wanted it to be kind of like grungy. But I made this beautiful scene of food and ingredients, and then I got to like swipe it off the set on camera. And we did three of them in like half an hour because we were busy like shooting this really complicated thing all day. And it was like, I like to say, I like, I feel like I like blacked out when I did it because it's like, (laughs) I just set up this beautiful thing and I have one chance and I'm going to break things. And like, and that like, energy was uh, really fun i really enjoyed that but um yeah. it, you know i that. can see that feeling really good yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. um but i've done i mean i've done all sorts of things actually um you were asking about recipe testing and development earlier and i've done some of that as well and i had a chance to develop some cannabis infused recipes oh, earlier this year okay yay. i've noticed on your instagram account that there is a couple pictures of cannabis leaves yes yeah yeah, so... Um, oh my God, you you probably are getting a lot of requests for that now. Well, interestingly enough, I think it's still an... I'm, I'm kind of... I saw that this is a market that is going to uh-huh. need some... Yep. Not necessarily food styling always, but... Uh, I don't know. Direction. Can I be a weed stylist too? Yeah. Like, yeah. That, I I saw yeah. that last year, really. Um, and I started with a test shoot with a photographer who lives in New York, used to live in Seattle, Joe Holdsworth. We, um, I was like, I want to. I had been trying to convince a few people to do some some weed stuff with me, and not that they were like, no, no way, I can't. But it just. Joe and I made it happen and I flew up to Seattle and I you know have friends up there and I was able to get my hands on some leaves and some different stuff and I just I'm super excited about uh where the cannabis industry is going and that another uh, like very female strong industry and just I mean I cannabis has been medicine and a healer and a friend and a therapist and all mm-hmm. these things to me for you know 15 years 
um, to, to be able to go to a store and get it and also to help educate people on making their own medicine or to like how to have a fun party and how to do that responsibly right is a really that's the key that's the key. the key and but I love that it's that that is even an option that we can start talking about it in that way and that this I, I was thinking about it last night like that the word cannabis is is around to replace you know weed and grass and yep. Mary Jane and not not replace it it's always been there but like that we can talk about the cannabis industry and cannabis as as you medicine don't have and to whisper and we don't have to yeah. whisper right. and i can you know when i'm developing recipes like i could order from the dispensary right. Sebastopol could bring right. me an ounce because like i don't have time to drive up there and i'm making right. these recipes right. and an hour later this guy very friendly guy comes to my house with like stuff so i can so i can make these infusions and um and so doing that, I mean, I, I'll do other recipe development, sure, if, you know, if it's asked for, and, and, um, and I have done some of that. But I got really excited to actually be paid to explore how to make infusions accessible for people. And um, it was super fun. So that was a project. Like what kind of stuff were you loved. doing? So I basically started with... Um, because you can really infuse any recipe with cannabis once you have the master infusion. So I developed a recipe for basically, you know, and it doesn't have to be butter. You can infuse anything from olive oil, coconut butter, or coconut oil, mm-hmm. um, glycerin. You can make an alcohol t- tincture. Uh, and then once you, you can infuse sugar, you can infuse all these different things. But once you decide how you what the base is that you like to use and have that then and you know the dosage of that infusion you can add that to whatever you're cooking Mm -hmm. so like when i infused olive oil i made a pizza crust and i put the olive oil in the pizza crust um and then you know and there's all these different things it's super sciencey more i'm not a food scientist Mm -hmm. for sure um and i you know i I got really excited about doing all the research and you know there's some great literature out there great books and and everyone's ideas are a little bit different, but there's some basics like you have to decarboxylate your product, and that will. Well, what word is that? So, <laughs> um, dictionary. Decarboxylation is is heating the the flour to a at a very like low heat to turn THCA into THC. So, even you know without. And you can also make infusions without decarboxylating if you just want the medicinal benefits and you don't want the psychedelic. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Well, or I'm calling it psychedelic. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. what the word is, but yeah. yeah, and not that it's really that right. psychedelic. No, but you know, um, <laughs> not lately. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so once you 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 decarboxylate, you put your you put your product either there's a couple ways to do it, and once you basically toast it that chemically changes the thca the acid into it takes away the acid part of it i don't know um and that then is ready to infuse into whatever and the fats are really good at absorbing the thc and Mm -hmm. but there's so many different cannabinoids there's so many different just healing properties and i use cbd oil or um, pills for my arthritis and different Mm -hmm. things every day i mean it's it's been a huge healer for me and to be able even that that we make your own mm -hmm. well and to be able to get cbd separate from thc is a huge benefit of 
of the legalization of cannabis because I don't, you know, I'm, I certainly not anymore. Maybe when I was younger, but I do not wake and bake. You know, I don't go, I don't, (laughs) even when I'm working on cannabis shoots, I can't, I can't get high and do my work. Like it just, it doesn't, I I like, I'm like, wait, I don't, it, it's a, I like to separate it. It's something like when you're testing like a recipe. Mm Mm-hmm. And like you're making a pizza. Yeah. Well, we How many it. slices of pizza? <laughs> How many slices? Like, are you doing the dose for like the whole pizza or just it's a so slice? Hard. It's, I, it's, that's the part yeah. that scares me. No, it's hard. So when I basically in all the research I did at the end of the day, and I think I did 16 recipes or something, like it was a nice chunk. Um, at the end of the day, I'm like, you got to know what you're doing. You got to test your own stuff before you give it to anyone else. You got to yeah. like know what your threshold is. Like this isn't really a beginner shouldn't make their right. own stuff. Really. If you've never, if you don't have any experience with edibles, I suggest going to the dispensary and getting something with five milligrams or 2.5 milligrams right. and like learning your dosage, learning right. your tolerance. And then, um, you know, the pizza was interesting cause I made the dough and you know, Tom and I ate, ate some and, it was very effective. Um, and I think we each had like us like a quarter of the pizza and then I made it again in the second time. I don't know, but also it again does, with it everything, changes. depends what you're mixing, yeah. you know, like when we ate it the first time it was after it was like, we want pizza and this happens to have THC in it. But like right. we had been out already. <laughs> so I think that one was more effective than when I was like trying to test it more, but that's not, Recipe testing for cannabis, like it has to be lab tested for it to be like, right. like, and, and none of this was able to, that wasn't part of this project. So I just, I recommend if you're winging it, which I still think people should do because it's fun and it's, and like the recipes I made, I really learned like how little you need to make something effective. And then if you make something really strong, either cut it back, you know, like um, you can make a really strong olive oil infusion and then add other olive oil or you just use a half a teaspoon, like really. And so it, but it's a, it's, it was an educational thing for me and each person who chooses to do that is going to have to go on their own journey, (laughs) right? But, um, but it's fun. And then the different strains and everything too is like so So vastly different. Marijuana is beautiful. I mean, I grew up reading High Times where it was basically like the centerfold of Playboy, Mm -hmm. but it was High Times was like Mm -hmm. a huge bud. And so you you kind Mm -hmm. of got to think of weed as this beautiful thing. Yeah. And um, Mercy Wellness, where I go over in Runner Park, they have this they have all these um, TV cameras, or TV cameras, um, Mm -hmm. televisions Mm -hmm. all along the walls in there. So I'm trying to, my wife does um, um, sales of digital audio visual technology a lot of digital signage stuff so i'm trying to get her hooked up with mercy so because they're constantly expanding the company's yeah. doing very well yeah um but it would be nice maybe if they would hire to you as a client as well to have a local um someone local that could um, co- because they're they're constantly just showing all these videos and photos what are they yeah. showing it's all random stuff like you know, in the farms product, or products pro- and uh-huh, yeah, different yeah. strains, a little bit and, of everything. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, living in wine country and I do a lot of work with wineries, I would say more like I've worked with the bigger, like parent brand, parent mm-hmm. companies mm-hmm. and then the individual wineries, there's like a disconnect of like why they would need me. And I'm like, because <laughs> you do, um, trust me, you do. Um, but same with, you know, if, same with the cannabis industry like and and 
my knowledge of wine or shooting wine alone, whether there's food in the shot or not, is valuable. And same with, with cannabis. It's like we can relate it to food or also mm-hmm. like I get excited to work with brands that are doing exciting things. Yeah. And what I have to offer with my background is it be- mm-hmm. it's, it is becoming more than food styling, mm-hmm. especially in the last year. It's like I've been able to do work on these projects in deeper ways and work directly with clients in ways where I'm, I'm offering them a lot more than just being on set with my tweezers, right. which is fun. That's I love huge. to get out of That's the huge. studio as well. Yeah. yeah. Where do you go out to eat where you think the food served as is? is it's okay. Like, the girl in the is, fig is always number one. Okay. We, we like to give other people Absolutely. credit. But like too. the most visually appealing food that where you go someplace where you think they have really visually appealing food. You know, that's such a funny question because I don't even like, I guess I, of course I look at it, but I don't expect that from restaurant. Like I, right. I know the... The because you've been a chef. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have my, the chef in me goes to restaurants more than the food stylist in me mm. goes to restaurants. You know what I mean? Like it's I when I go out to eat in a restaurant, I I'm still under I'm like a food service working person in right. that space, and I'm and I'm judging the restaurant the way a, a chef or expediter or server does mm-hmm. when they go out. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I mean, the answer to that that pops to mind is not here. It was I went to a brunch place in Barcelona that was like, but it, what was just, it called? What was it called? Oh, Do you remember? What is it called? I'm gonna have to look it up for you, okay. Sandra. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, that's okay. I'm not good at on the fly memory. Okay, it's all that. Do you know canvas, that there's a sh- there's a show? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's on Vice, but there, there is a show. I think it's called Ugly Food. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have think you heard of that? Well, yeah, that? I've seen an episode or two of that. I don't know that. And it's just, um, it's not ugly, it? delicious. No, it's David, it's David that, Chang. That's ugly, ugly, delicious. delicious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he's not totally doing ugly food. No. Like he did tacos and he did. Um, I think he's more like, it's, it's, it's ugly, like delicious real being pe- like real, real food. people's yeah. food. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, more than like your apple with a bruise. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There it's is like, also Ugly yeah. Produce, which is a company that is it's right. like a CSA where they... It's like they, so bizarre. Yeah, but wait, I think wait, that's what? great. What? It is great. Ugly Produce what? It's ugly a CSA. Produce, yeah, so it's it's a it's a vegetable subscription where basically they're, they're selling you the produce that otherwise would go, say juicing carrots like they're juicing carrots because they're ugly too ugly right. to put on the shelves right. but like it's a carrot it's fine so they'll sell you like bee produce and right but i was trying to do a shoot where i wanted oh. like really bizarre i Shapes. wanted the funky produce uh-huh. and i didn't have the time to go to all my farmers markets where i can find that or ask farmers for them i mean you kind of have to like go right. direct for that because they don't even bring it to market right. probably but so we someone ordered some ugly produce and I was like, this is perfectly fine produce. <laughs> like, I mean, I'd be stoked if I was a real consumer, exactly. but I was like trying to get your ugliest stuff. Uh-huh. Um, well, anytime you need ugly produce, you could probably call me because like there's stuff in my fridge that mm-hmm. should have long oh been thrown out. Not moldy and hairy. Not moldy and overripe. That's yeah. not what you're asking. No. no mold. I don't have mold. I just have overripeness. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens when you like yeah. get all. I, trust Too me, much I have a. I have yeah. so much food in my life. I'm very blessed in that way. But I'm also constantly trying to donate food, give it away. Like, um, I just 
I'm overwhelmed with the amount of food in my life a lot of times. And there's oh, always a lot of leftover from shoots. We need a lot of stuff. We need yeah. a lot of stuff. You know, you buy a lot more than what you're actually going to use mm-hmm. because you have to have options. You might have to make something three times. Right. You might only make it once. And then you're like, okay, well, now I have yeah, way too much. Yeah, that's a huge part of it's, being organized yes. is like having everything you need. That mm-hmm. Well, that's like, like you said, with, from your catering yeah. business. I yeah. love when, I mean, I what you guys do that. is nuts. And it's, it's nuts. Because you're leaving home. And you're like, okay, it's basically catering is moving. Yeah. You're moving food. Right. And then, but then you always have to remember that once we get there, we could be two hours away from home. If we forget something, we're yeah. going to have to come up with some sort of solution yeah. on the fly. So it's usually checklists. I see oh, no, a yeah. lot we, of checklists. We have a lot of checklists. I, yeah. A lot of, but I, I have a pretty, I have, I love my checklist. Yeah. And my yeah. assistant <laughs> loves my well, checklist. Yeah. And if you have a good <laughs> toolbox and you have a good checklist, then, yeah, you, you know, that's like out. 90% of it. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I mean, I I have worked with when I was an assistant, I worked with a lot of people who work a lot more on the fly. And I think they just didn't have the same, you know, they had a different experience. So as the assistant, it was two or three times running out to go to the grocery store. Like that's what I was there to Uh. do. I, that's not how I work. No, I want my assistant to stay with there me and, and help yeah. me with stuff. And it's pretty rare that we have to go out for stuff. If we have to go out for stuff, it's because the client asked for something that wasn't originally asked mm-hmm. for or something right. like that. Right. But yeah, but we tend to overbuy. I mean, that's what we do because that's you have to be prepared. And that's the nature of this kind of work, whether that's, a, I mean, it's, an, it's something that sometimes bums me out, but there's a lot of waste because, you know, if a client's giving you a thousand dollars for groceries, if you're like, but I only I only spent two hundred, <laughs> but I only have this much stuff. It's like, yeah, no, that's that's yeah. not how that goes. You actually yeah. are expected to, to to show up, show up with that stuff and mm-hmm. spend closer to that budget. And like the a lot of studios I work at, people are so happy. Assistants, photo assistants, people are so happy to take stuff home. But at the end of the day, whatever people aren't excited to take home, I'm like, well, I guess I, I will <laughs> figure this out. Um, I also take home stuff I'm excited about, but there's a great organization in, they started very small, this woman named Nancy, I don't know her last name, she started an organization in SF, and I think now they're even expanded to the East Bay, I'm not 100% sure, it's called Food Runners. I know, yeah. And they will pick stuff up um, from photo shoots, and they will pick stuff up even that, that we've opened and and repackaged oh, wow. and um and i don't know they distribute it to different food banks i hope that on their end they're able to yeah. use that stuff i mean we're not giving them our garbage by any means right, but we right. if there is a significant amount of stuff where it's worth it for someone to come and pick that up like we love 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 to yeah. donate food and i bring stuff up to local food pantries as well just yeah. try and sh- share the love and because yeah. there's a lot of hungry people out there. I'm very aware of that, too. And, you know, my work is to make people hungry. <laughs> but it's, oh, yeah, you know, but it, yeah. yeah, I kind of, it's something I think about mm-hmm. and that I'm aware of. So I'm grateful for those organizations. Yeah. I sometimes think I should have one of those, you know, another yeah. Well, maybe avenue. you'll end up having one. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. something that... that I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that you're mindful. And I think maybe yeah, part of that comes too. from being in India for a couple of years too, and seeing mm-hmm. some things that a lot of people haven't seen. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. What's your next trip? 
We are, Tom and I are going to Japan in October. Oh, First time Tokyo? ever. We're going to, we're flying to Tokyo and I don't know what else we're doing. Okay. You're, I, know, I know what you're doing. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going, going to, to a restaurant, restaurant <laughs> right. in Tokyo. Okay. So I'm going to email you. She's so excited you. right now that you're going I'm, to Japan. I'm so excited. It's a teeny weeny restaurant. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. And, but get but it's not necessarily japanese food that's so, fine yeah. what um <laughs> they well, do burgers no, she they call her the alice waters of tokyo oh yes she only has like seven or eight seats whoa it's okay, and they're well, into natural wine oh perfect yeah. can we uh should we make a reservation soon yes well course. i'll just send you her i'll introduce you and Perfect. But oh, Tokyo, I and are you going to travel also? Yeah, we plan on. We have a friend in SF from Osaka, and she's going to be probably visiting her family around the same time. So we hope to go down there. I mean, Tom's been wanting to go to Japan for that's like top of his list since yeah. I've known him, and huh. I've always wanted to go. But I also, I mean, there's so many places, and I've uh. I love to go to Europe, and I tend to like I'll go there, like I over um, and over, yeah, but. So this will be different, and I'm really, you know, Tom working in in the wine industry and in food as well. Like he's got, we we have people to tell us what awesome. to do. Yeah. So that's why I'm <laughs> yeah, telling that's you, that's great. Yeah, I can't wait. That's like our big trip together. Uh, I was in Amsterdam earlier this year, and I was in um, Spain last year. But yeah, I'm I love to travel, and then I do like little. Like I went out to Oregon for a week for work and then I had the next week off and I just decided to keep driving and I brought my passport just in case and I went all the way to I went to Canada. Yeah, I went to Canada and back. Um and I got I got my hair cut in Canada. <laughs> and people are like, You're crazy. Like and it's like, Well, I didn't really just drive all the way to Canada just to get a haircut. Right. Like I have a friend who cuts hair who lives in Vancouver and I have a friend who's working at uh, Willow's Inn on Lummy oh, Island. Wonderful. Yeah. And so I visited her twice already this mm. spring. Like I have friends and people all I'm West Coast person. Yeah. Like Washington and California. I love both of those states so much. And Oregon mm. is growing on me, I have to say. Mm. Southern Oregon and drinking some wine in, in Yeah, uh, I need to do a couple of those Jefferson, wine trips yeah. for sure. State of Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really fun. And yeah. yeah, the natural wine is is all the rage right now. I know. And you're the, the person to talk to about wine, right? <laughs> sure, I drink a lot of wine. <laughs> I think the natural wine thing's funny. We're still not quite... I mean, there's no guidelines. There's no actual regulations or anything. I know, all I know is people like Tony Couturi, who's been making wine since the seventies, the same way. Mm -hmm. And that it's, it's like, oh, he's finally getting popular now. He's just been doing this thing for so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's drinking wine the way that probably Jesus drank wine. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so not every bottle is going to taste the same. No. And you might not be able to ship it across country yeah. and might not be a stable product. And there's all this stuff that goes along. Well, if you really want to drink from the place you're in, though, then I mean, I think that's the thing. Like the natural wine being shipped everywhere right. is is a thing. But if you can go somewhere and enjoy yeah. wine from that place, I'm really yeah. into enjoying things from the place. But at the same time, like when you said her food's not necessarily 
like super right. Japanese. Well, all the ingredients are, I mean, she's not importing them. I mean, but right. she's making bread mm-hmm. that is like the most beautiful, like sourdough round breads or brown breads that you wouldn't expect to eat in Japan. Yeah. Right. Um, but they're amazing. Yeah. And her pate and her vegetables. And I mean, yeah. It's but, but it's food of the you know it's food of the place but it's just not all going to be exactly the same food. Yeah, we live in a global world, yeah, right? I think yeah. it's not fair to expect people to. I I love authenticity and being of a place, but I also you know like in India and what inspired me to cook aside from you know what I was saying mm-hmm. earlier is also my family would go to like La Meridian for like a Christmas brunch or something, and I would see the super international crew in the kitchen and the food they were making and that's where I first saw sort of like the brigade of the kitchen and I was like that's cool and I could live anywhere if I knew how to cook right you know I saw that and that made me want to go to culinary school Mm -hmm. um and yeah I, I couldn't eat you know, Italian food in India, if we all <laughs> only <laughs> ate just from right. where we're at. So, yeah. but yeah, getting stuff, sourcing stuff locally, of course, is so like awesome. just the freshest you can get. Yeah. Chefs and like Mike the Baker, I always, when I see people like Mike the Baker, I think, oh, he's going to be allowed on, in my compound when the shit hits <laughs> right? the fan. Like <laughs> someone who knows how to start fires, work right. with fire, make basic things like bread yeah, and like be insane. extremely resourceful. I'm like, oh, that guy's going to be in the compound when he comes knocking. I'll be like, yep, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking of compounds, it's like when I went into food styling, I was like, because I wanted to farm, I wanted, it's like, well, how am I ever going to afford land? And then I moved to California right. and it's like, no, yeah, but really, never how am I ever going to afford <laughs> land? But, um, and I don't, I, I do think about, you know, getting some land somewhere else and, and being able to slowly build that that other life that I dreamt well, if, of. If you need mm-hmm. a 45 foot container with radiant floors, we could hook you up. Oh, really? Just going to need a place for it to go. Oh, oh my God. What are you talking about? <laughs> Where were you? I, I must have been talk oh, about great, great, left. great prepara- preparation for the show. Yeah. yeah I was off getting a, a, a no, Mike memory Baker card. was saying, Hey, oh, I for- have a 45 foot container that he had been building and working on, but he doesn't have any land to put it in. Mm. I don't remember that. I don't oh, remember that, that at all. After the I show. thought you were talking about your container. <laughs> no, no, okay. no. My container's contained. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got all your things. Well, yeah, I know. There's like four people that know what we're talking about. Probably. Exactly. And that's okay. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. Alicia, the real deal. Yeah. Why don't you give us your web address again so people uh, can get a hold of you and check out your stuff. Okay. I hope they've made it this far. Oh, yeah. Um, AliciaDeal.com is my website, and I'm at AliciaDealStyle. Alicia Deal style on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, if you want to go get previous shows, you can always go. Actually, the best thing is just go to our website, thebitegoeson.com, um, and check out all of our past guests we've got um, um, a little more information there and links for you as well so fun are you Such planning a fun, i know fun fun so combo. i know sandra wants to do another cookbook because she told you this no i'm not i can't <laughs> she wants to i do but i i do and i don't i do and i don't that's yeah. where, why i do the chronicles now yeah, yeah. The but chronicles um awesome yeah i think that's so fun the next issue it should be coming this week 
is uh, the travel issue. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's got all my little places and things and museums and... Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. But this was so fun. It was yeah. great conversation. Such a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so really much for awesome. having me on. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm yeah, glad we'll Sandra Googled you. Yeah. yeah. You, you and I, Googled. Listen, I listen to your podcast on Google Podcasts, and it's great. So. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. It's very easy. Awesome. So I'm, okay. you were easy awesome. to find, Fabulous. and I'm so glad. Well, and tell your partner that I would love to have him on the other podcast, The Winemakers. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah if he brings a couple fun. bottles of wine, I think... Uh, oh, he will. Okay, I know, I know some guys that would welcome him yes. with open yes. arms. Yeah, he listens to your podcast and would love to share some bottles yeah. with you guys. Cool. That's awesome. That'd be great. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Sandra. No, thank, thank you. Thank you very much, Alicia. Thank you. Look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. Thank you.